Welcome to the Expat Cast. I'm your host, Nicole Palazzo, and it is officially Christmas market season in Germany, and I'm so pumped about it. It's the best. It's so cheery and happy, and I'm a recovering Scrooge, or recovered Scrooge, I think, at this point. I used to hate Christmas for, like, several years of my life for dumb reasons, um, but now I really like it again, and definitely the Christmas market vibe is part of what has helped me get fully over that edge and come back around to being a happy, jolly Christmas elf. <laughs> so I'm super jazzed that the Christmas markets are open again. I haven't been to any yet, but hopefully this weekend. Let me know if there's any good ones in southern Germany or France or Switzerland that I should go check out. <laughs> um, I should also say a side effect of Christmas market season is it's also cold season, and I seem to be getting just a long-lasting cold every winter in the past couple of years where I just get sick and I just stay sort of sick, never quite sick enough, but like a little bit sick for the whole winter. So if you hear my voice sounding extra stuffy, that's why. Can't really do anything about it. Oh well. This week's episode is really exciting. I sit down with April, who is from China and is living in Germany while she works on a bachelor's degree. She's lived in a couple other places around the globe, too, so she's got a really cool perspective on her place in the world while she was in China, while she was in Canada and America, while she is in Germany. And I'm really excited to share it with you guys. Um, April did ask me to point out in the intro that this is just her perspective. She is by no means trying to make a statement about how it is absolutely for every single Chinese person in Germany. <laughs> of course it's all varied, and she's not here to make any grand statements like that. She's here to tell us what it's been like for her. So let's keep that in mind as we give it a listen. I, you know, this keeps happening. It's a story of empowerment at the end of the day. Maybe that's the ultimate lesson of expat life is, is finding empowerment in tricky situations. We'll see. Anyway, April's the coolest. I am so excited that you get to hear from her, and here she is. <laughs> My name is April, or this is the name where everyone calls me by. I've lived in US, Canada, Germany. And I stayed briefly in Austria and Asia. I grew up in China and lived there till I was 20. You've been a lot of places, ma'am. <laughs> Still collecting. And now you're in Freiburg since when? Since 2015. Wow. But I left for an exchange in between. So it's my third year right now. Okay, so let's start here. You said your name or the name that people call you is April. The thing is, in China, there's this culture where people are learning English. They start to have an English name. And that name will stay with them starting from the time when they start learning English till all the way when they grow up and even when they move to other countries. And I've had this name since I was maybe 13. Wow. Yeah. Did you choose it yourself? Yes. Yes, because you had to. They basically, they were like, choose a name. You know, it's used in the class. And I would say the same thing when people learning Chinese. They all had a Chinese name as well. So what's your name in... Chinese name? Chinese name, uh, yeah. It's Kuamo Huizi. And uh, we actually have it backwards. So my last name is at the beginning. The thing is, I wouldn't mind people calling me by my Chinese name at all, but they just cannot. <laughs> they cannot pronounce it well. And somehow they give up trying as well. And they would much prefer to just go with April. And I'm fine with that. <laughs> um, actually, in the States, I introduced myself 
by my last name. But then people also, they don't feel comfortable calling someone by their last name. So they just, <laughs> with the April in the end. Um, but I have a really good friend who still calls me by my last name. <laughs> and she adds, she's German actually, she adds a little E in the end. So she calls me Kwang And actually she was the person who got me into Germany and really? who got me interested in the culture, in the language. And basically that's why I researched about Germany and thought about actually studying here. And so you came here for your, is it a, it's a master's program? It's a bachelor's program. Bachelor's. Had you been to Germany before you moved here? As I was mentioning before, I stayed in Austria for three months. So at that time, I was visiting Germany as well. But the whole concept, my whole perspective on the country is totally different. Really? You know, after I moved Being here as a tourist was really different. Because back then, everything was really new to me. And I was amazed by like really simple stuff and I wasn't living really living here I didn't go through any administrative or bureaucratic stuff <laughs> I was just here for fun you, know? you don't know Germany truly until I you've waited an exactly. hour at the immigration office you know what I'm talking <laughs> <Yeah>. about <laughs> so we and we definitely wanted to specifically talk about how it's been for you as an Asian woman mm -hmm. in Germany yes because okay so I actually looked up the statistics of how many Asian people there are in general in Germany in 2011 there were roughly 1,890,000 Asian people mm -hmm. in Germany. That's almost 2 million. Almost right? 2 million. But that was not counting West Asian. So like it wasn't counting Turks, Jews, Arabs, or Iranians. So if you added that in, it would be like a couple million more, especially because of the Turkish population here. Yes. But like that's not an unsizable amount, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's not like... <laughs> People have never seen an Asian person in Germany before, but there do seem to be like a lot of weird stereotypes or mm -hmm. like, I get the feeling that seeing an Asian person is like super exotic for mm -hmm. a lot of Germans. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. In a way that I'm like, but there are so many. Why are you so taken aback by this, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? I guess they still make a difference between Eastern Asians as opposed to Turkish or from Israel or Indian. Because I, I think maybe they have this stereotype about Eastern Asian in general as well. Like it's not blended as a whole, just being Asian women. I think people definitely consider, let's say if, people give stereotypes to different Asian countries. The stereotypes they give towards Indian people is definitely different from the stereotypes they're given to Chinese, Japanese, Korean. What does that difference feel like to you? Are there any moments where you can say that you feel like you've observed that someone's treating you in a certain way or said something because you are Chinese? I think definitely, yeah. Especially when they want to express that's a curiosity about where I come from. They always ask some questions that may be Asia-specific or Eastern Asia-specific. For example, they ask me about food. They ask me about things like, do you eat sushi every day, for example? Or they ask me things about China itself, the political situation there. And that usually happened at the beginning of you meeting someone but I don't necessarily know a lot about my political situation or very specific things just because I'm a Chinese person living here yeah so I don't know it's very sensitive to me I feel like some of those things I've gotten similar things as like a white person from America when they figure out that I'm from America you know I get asked what do I think about Trump what's the whole deal with guns things like this where I also feel very overwhelmed or mm. <laughs> I don't necessarily feel feel prepared to give you my full like educated yeah. opinion about these things 
things. This is like a really weird thing to bring up at the get-go. And like you said, like I'm not always the most... Uh, in the know about the specific topic that they want to know about. Oh God, this was like a super German thing. One time someone was sort of, they were airing a lot of negative feelings about America, which I felt like weren't fully considerate or thoughtful in ways. I wanted to steer the conversation to be like, but think about it from this perspective or like based on what I've experienced growing up there, it was different. And in this conversation, it came up, well, he was like, oh, well, well, how many people live in America? And I was like, oh, I don't know. And he was like, you don't know? Mm-hmm. End of debate. Because mm-hmm. for Germans, they can tell you the population of any town they have stepped put in for five minutes exactly. like they have this weird memory <laughs> i really i had to learn the population of my city yeah of my country in case of them asking this question <laughs> because i'm supposed to know i'm supposed to memorize those numbers yeah so. and I, I mean it's not a bad thing to know it's just not something that for me was previously ever important like i was like i don't know it's a lot of people <laughs> like, yes exactly. like and i didn't see how it was relevant in that debate but whatever like mm-hmm. to, to them that was like i can't even talk to you about America because you don't know what you're talking about. And I was like, well, no, it's just like, this is not a thing that's that's relevant. Or oh, no. I mean, it is relevant, but but you know, like it's where it's just a difference of priorities and they're excited to talk about this country that they've read about. It's, it's sort of a genuine interest, but it's also for me as like being on the receiving end of that, like a little like, oh God, <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know if I want this. I don't know if I'm prepared for that. Mm-hmm. So some of that stuff that you mentioned, I'm wondering if that's, I guess it, it falls on the person who's being asked, like if it's perceived as friendly interest or if it's perceived as like some kind of stereotyping i'm also trying to reflect on this this question whether if it's a stereotype or not i thought if it were to be me if i were in their shoes so let's say if i met a person from mexico the first question i'm gonna ask them is definitely not about that election even though you know that's something i've heard about but when I meet a person, I would much rather to get to know themselves and get to know the, you know, what's your story here? What are you, your interests? What what are you doing in Germany? You know, not, what do you think about your new president? Or do you really <laughs> eat tacos all the time? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I get what you're saying. So it's like you would rather start with the individual and then maybe through that later you could get into any questions about yeah. the culture or the political situation. But starting with it feels distancing somehow or like short-sighted or like not caring about the person in front of you. At this moment, I don't want to say it's being considered as a stereotype, what they're trying to talk to me about, but I would definitely not feel comfortable being placed in this topic right away just because I'm from that country. This is the funny thing whenever you're talking about Germans and any sort of race relations or any sort of cross-cultural relations there's a certain German temperament or attitude that's really like upfront and direct and they'll just ask you a question and they don't think it's rude right but for me I'm like that seems a little bit whoa are we going here (laughs) yeah Yeah. so and I'm not saying that I actually think that that Germans are inconsiderate or rude or something I'm just saying there is this very upfront nature about their culture where they don't seem to have these filters which in some moments I find is refreshing and great but in other times I'm like so where's the line between them just culturally being a bit more unfiltered and coming from a genuine place of curiosity and wanting to learn more. And at what point does that turn into interacting with foreigners on a very superficial level? Do you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, I know what you're saying. Someone should write an essay about it. <laughs> yeah. And when I was preparing to sit down for this episode, I did do some research into like, are there think pieces or, or essays or blogs? And there was one message board that posed the question, is there racism against Asians in Germany? But beyond that, I didn't find that much content. I found it with racism against Muslims. Is there racism against black people? 
but I didn't really find much about Asians. Mm -hmm. Or if I did, it wasn't necessarily about East Asians or or Chinese like you're talking about. So Mm -hmm. I thought that was interesting. I mean, there's a lot of y'all here and and there just doesn't seem to be this much written about it. Do you know the population? between different races the breakdown within germany yeah that nearly two million number was roughly two percent of the population two percent yeah mm-hmm. but again this was in 2011 this one thing i think could be contributing to this gap is that the asian culture it teaches us not to be so upfront about problems in my culture in, in the chinese culture there's definitely a whole attitude to encourage you to suffer like not to suffer but <laughs> encourage you to in america we grin and bear it like ah, you just okay. put a smile on and you keep on exactly you know, keep exactly. On going. just swallow it you right know? don't be so upfront about it you don't want to cause problems fellow east asians that i've met here that's their attitude towards racism. They don't really want to talk about it. They don't really want to like speak up about it. They don't want to address this problem. Let's say in America, you have Black Lives Matter, right? You make this whole movement. But with our culture, it's definitely not as progressive, not as aggressive about fixing this problem. I would say it's in general a bit more passive. And I I remember I met this friend that I got to know not too long ago. And that was one day I met her for brunch. And immediately we switched the topic about Asians being in Germany. And we were both like agreeing with each other on everything that we've encountered. But I, I felt like her attitude was very much i don't want to go against them let's say in on the street let's say you encounter some kind of cat calling that's like directly related to you being asian because you know sometimes people make fun of your look they say certain things that are like they sound like your language but it actually isn't so you're saying like you'll be just walking down the street and someone will call out something that they think sounds like chinese exactly exactly okay. if she encountered this situation on the street she would be scared to actually say something back because obviously she's a she's a young girl so she would rather just take it and leave and mm-hmm. not cause any problems and i would say that was my attitude at the beginning as well for sure i totally understand but i think this attitude recently changed and i definitely want to do something about it maybe step up and just talk about it or let people know that certain behavior is not okay it's definitely worth talked about to do something about it yeah and i think that's almost another one of those things like where you can kind of create a bridge between your two cultures like you're saying where you're coming from it's encouraged that you would yeah as i said grin and bear Mm -hmm. (laughs) an experience like that or that you should just get yourself out of that situation and hope it doesn't happen again here i feel like because people are very upfront and very direct they expect that in return so if you are able to just say something back, this cat collar that we're using as an example, you know, maybe if you came over and said, why are you yelling that at me? Maybe they would double down and say like, oh, well, you know, I'm just trying to speak your language or something rude like that. But also maybe they would just be like, oh, okay. I like, didn't know it wasn't okay. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, right. I mean, you have to think, you gotta hope, like they, they gotta know that that's not okay. Mm-hmm. But, but maybe no one's told them no. Maybe no one's actually said, hey, stop that. Exactly. That's exactly why I want to just personally try to correct this. If I encounter something like, on, like that on the street, I definitely tell them, just like in a peaceful voice, you know, this is not okay. And that's also what I told this friend in that brunch. We should do this. We should tell them just really a simple sentence, even though no matter if your German is good or not, you can say this is not okay. You can let them know this is wrong. I think it would be good for them to have this feedback 
to know that oh next time I say this I I'll remember you know last time it didn't have a good result so I would think again if I do it next time yeah <laughs> generally I think there is good response to feedback here again because they're super upfront you know they're used to like if you throw your paper trash in the plastic trash bin an old lady is gonna pop up out of a window and tell you no right like that's like a normal thing here and there's there's some expectation that that's it's acceptable that's okay and then okay I'll put my paper in the paper bin and then you move on and it's not like now I hate this neighbor why mm. was she spying on me so yes. you know it's again trying to give a little bit of just like a, oh hey is this how you communicate then let me try communicating in that way and then they might be like oh okay thank you for that information it's not that the cat calling is in any way okay but it, it's not but that person should be given a chance to correct their behavior have you ever had any issue with the language barrier and trying to stand up for yourself in that way <laughs> yes actually yeah <laughs> so I was walking out of my apartment and there was a dinner place right next to it so I was on my phone and I was walking past by and I heard this guy shouting at me you sexy and I looked at him and he said it again he's like you sexy I I was I was scared not not scared but like I was frozen yeah for, for a second and I look at him the the thing I was telling uh telling you before this correction I'm trying to do uh just like hit me and I and I told him this is not okay what you're trying to do this is not polite and then he looked at me he's like fast he said it in German fast <laughs> and then I realized oh I said the whole thing in English because oh. because he started saying you sexy so I thought oh this is the English setting and I realized I probably can't do that again in German and I just walked away <laughs> yeah <laughs> so if I would have immediately responded in German maybe it would have been better communicate it's also yeah. kind of a strategy to just throw him off by speaking English <laughs> at him and go oh. <laughs> yeah actually I don't know maybe he really didn't understand what I was saying or maybe he was just playing dumb yeah you've told me before about another example where you were handing out pamphlets I do feel like that's a good example of the racism that I'm talking about that I encounter here so I was handing out pamphlets for this theater group so I was at the cafeteria in our city and I was standing there handing out flyers to people uh, who are passing by, who are going to the, to the cafeteria. And there was an, another stand right next to our stand. And I think it was the insurance or something, like something business related. So I thought, you know, why not hand them a flyer? I'm handing out flyer to everyone. So I went up to him. I gave him a flyer and he didn't look at it. He looked at me and he said, what is this? Is this Thai massage? I, I also, I froze right there. And then I was like, no. And I just walked away. And that was back at a time where I was really scared of things happening like this. And I would choose not to say anything. After a while, a friend came to the theater stand and I told her what happened. And she said to me, oh, wow, that, that's really bad. Do you want me to go and tell him? And I was like, you know, I never thought of, you know, actually telling someone, give them a feedback because I would think this would be scary. And this is a bad person and I wouldn't go up to them again. But my friend was really trying to help me, trying to solve the situation. And I thought about it again and again. And after, let's say, half an hour, I told her, yes, go tell him. And she actually did. I think the guy gave some kind of response saying a while ago, there was someone distributing Thai massage flyer. So he thought this was also that flyer, which was a very bullshit reason. But <laughs> <laughs> to be clear. <laughs> to be clear, I think it was a very bullshit reason. But I think now he's learned his lesson. I think next time he would really consider 
not to do this. Actually, that's probably the point where I changed my thinking. I choose to give them a feedback that this is not okay. Yeah, and stand I think up that for was, yourself. Yeah, exactly, stand up for myself. I think that was actually the transition point. Very cool. Mm -hmm. The language has something to do with it too. So your friend is German who went over and talked to them? Yeah, okay, exactly. Yeah. I've had moments where I feel like I want to say something about a certain situation, but... I'm nervous that I won't have the right words mm -hmm. or that I'll mix it up and then end up being ineffective. So right. I felt held back from doing certain things or saying certain things because of the language, as well as because of this feeling like I'm still new here and my job isn't to come in and insert my ways of thinking on other people. My, my job here is to understand the culture that I am in and to immerse myself in that. And that's true to some extent, but some things are not okay no matter where you are, right? So, exactly. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to navigate that line. I'm trying to navigate how confident I feel to say something. But I have found that anytime that you're trying to speak German, most of the time people are either appreciative of it and give you a different bit of respect than you would get otherwise, or they recognize the effort and then switch to English. At least you're then communicating. I, I, I do agree. I think the language definitely creates a barrier there. If I were to be in an English-speaking country, I would tell them whatever that comes to my mind. But with this German standing in between, I do feel more hesitant and restricted. I, I cannot fully express myself and therefore my reaction are slower too. Countries like Germany and China, we don't get foreigners that often. Maybe Germany obviously is more, but China is a very, you know, monoracial country and you don't get people who look European, for example. Ask any Europeans who go to China, they get stared at really hard. <laughs> they get pictures yeah. ta being taken oh, together. Man. Yeah. Just because you look so different, they're really curious. Yeah, right. So there's that, there's that limit where it's just like anywhere in the world, you're going to find people who are curious about foreigners and don't know how to handle themselves. Mm -hmm. Like they just don't know what to do. And so yeah. they do things that are maybe not okay. What I was reading online, the forum that I was reading, some people were like outright, I have experienced racism beyond a point that I find not normal or acceptable because of course it's never acceptable. But again, there is a certain amount that's just like, nowhere is perfect. People are trying to learn how to be people. Mm -hmm. We're not great at it all the time. And there's a certain range of like, you can just accept it because you're like, okay, I am foreign here. Like this is weird for them. This is new for them. And they're figuring out how to navigate this. And then there's, there's a line, right? And then, so some people were saying, I have had experiences that are way far over the line and Germany is not for me. Then there were a lot of people saying there have been what they would call microaggressions, these little moments, sort of individual moments, sort of like the ones that you're mentioning where they just sort of chop it up, chalk it up to like, well, I, I look different than the people here. I act different. I'm, I'm from a place they've only read about in the news and, mm. and this is the reaction and, and it is what it is. And again, like we can take moments and educate each other. And we can have moments to talk about like, hey, maybe we meet each other as people instead of representatives from our <laughs> lands, right? Like, <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, but it's like, it's a work in progress mm -hmm. and there's a certain amount of forgiveness that has to go, you know, both ways, right? Like how many times have I or you said or done something that you thought was fine, but turned out to the Germans to be like super not okay? Mm -hmm. You know, like it happens. Like mm -hmm. we're just all trying to figure it out. This is going to be a different topic, but I also experience in mostly academic environment that people be super sensitive about racial problems. So it would be like the other extreme where they're like correcting each other over anything that's a little bit of racist. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's a huge um, issue in America right now oh, and in really? Canada too. Yeah, in the, in the college environments in America in general, there's this whole debate about like PC culture, politically correct culture, because mm. there are certain things where yeah, calling something gay is 
not cool that's not mm-hmm. an okay thing to do it implies that being gay is bad in some way and so there's plenty of other words use a different word right but but that idea is considered political correctness of like well when i was young we called things gay and, and yeah you know it's changing now right so that's where it starts like these these things and then it gets deeper and deeper into uh, all these sort of different identities that people have and they want to see reflected and, and spoken about in a way that they feel good about I that's think. a learning process as yeah. well that's what reminded me of this because you were saying this, it's a learning process. And then I thought about how how much advanced we are already in class. It's like everyone's trying to be politically correct. And I some, sometimes I just find that really a bit too much for me. And I don't feel like they're doing it for my benefit. As, as a minority here, I don't feel benefiting from this situation. I feel like this is going to cause more problems because these people who aren't, they aren't like in any way racist or anything, but they are just trying to be super correct about things. But in that way, I find it, why don't we all relax a little and correct the actual problem? But these things that you are doing between each other, it's not really solving the actual problems out there. Do you find that as someone who has also lived in North America, in Canada and the US, um, how do you feel like the reactions to you being Being Asian? Yeah. (laughs) Let's just compare on the public transport because that's where you encounter lots of strangers in a closed environment. Here in Freiburg, on the tram, I get stared a lot. Just like on the way here to the podcast, I get stared. (laughs) It's already different when I go to Strasbourg. When I took the tram there, no one really looked at me. And I felt that difference right away. I did observe it was more, probably more diverse over there. And that could be a reason why, you know, people are more used to different kind of people coming from all kind of background. And in Canada, I mean, I can't speak for the whole country, obviously. So in Canada, I was in Montreal and people don't really care about you. <laughs> in, like, in, a, in a good way? In a good way, okay. obviously. <laughs> they don't really see you. <laughs> Yeah, they don't they don't really stare at you. But obviously it's a much more diverse city. I was studying at McGill and on the campus it was so many Asians there. So And in Florida? That's a bit different because I was working for Disney and it's a very diverse environment. There I got a lot of curiosity towards being Chinese. But that that's a totally different environment because I was working for the China Pavilion in Disney. Obviously it's a place for tourists to learn about China. Yeah, it's like putting out a sign that says, ask me about my culture. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So that was my perspective on the differences. Is there anything else that you want to bring up or talk about? Personally, the problems I encounter, I feel like it's not necessarily related to being Asian or being Chinese. It's more like being a girl, being a woman. And in some way, there's just annoying, aggressive guys that try to get your attention or try to like annoy you on the street. But I think being Asian, being different definitely adds a second layer to that. You attract more attention in general. And I think that's the biggest problem that I encounter living in Germany because people are not, they, they hardly see any Asian person and they feel like they have to get some attention from you in that moment. I mean, it would be a longer conversation if I start giving you small examples of like this kind of harassment. But this is something I definitely. I want to, like, I hope one day can be corrected either with more immigration, people getting more used to seeing Asian people around, or being more educated. And you're trying to make that be a part of that change, right? With your 
speaking back to people. It's, <laughs> I, it's w- a small I wish I could, I could, you know, do something more, but I haven't really had a time to really think about that. I think when I first came back from Germany after Canada, I was not used to this attention, let's call it. And I, several times I had an urge to like write something about it, but I just, I had never had a time to get to that. And it's many things like you walk on the streets and people say something stupid, try to imitate the language you speak, or they go like, oh, ni hao. But they say it in a really stupid, funny way. Or like there was one time, I was on my bike. Actually, two times it happened. I was on my bike, just riding my bike. And this car just like stopped, just like slowed down next to me, pulled down his window and did like a, how do you call this? A little bow. A little bow on me. Like, I'm not a Buddha. <laughs> <laughs> what a weird thing. Yeah. Is, I don't understand how people think that that's something they should do. Like slow down I their know. car, roll down their <laughs> right. window. That's a lot of effort to do something dumb. Like exactly. what are you so after? Gross. And there was there was one time also in the I was also on my bike and a truck, an actual huge truck stopped, pulled down his window and said said something really weird to me that I could not understand. And he just like drove by. <laughs> so weird. Yeah. It's scary. definitely it's scary and very useless. I don't know why they're trying to do this. Right. Yeah. Like I'm like to some extent, like the examples we were talking about with the beginning, which were immediately being asked about food or mm-hmm. political situations. Political situations. <laughs> like I'm like, okay, like I kind of can at least understand that that person's coming from a place of this is all I know about your culture and this I'm trying to engage. The news. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's like maybe not the best way to start off, but whatever. You can kind of get it. But like that kind of stuff is like bowing at people, yelling out whatever. I have a hard time justifying that. Like, what are you getting out of that? What are you thinking that that's going to contribute to our interaction or the world it's just a way to like be i don't know they're bored yeah they've been, maybe they've been tra- trapped in the car yeah. for too long <laughs> and they're like yeah. i need actual conversation yeah. but there is yeah. totally i mean in america there's a movement around feminism to like talk back to catcalling when someone like whistles you on the street like say like hey mm-hmm. no or have some kind of something to say i love that what you were saying about again saying something back because it's like i don't know maybe people just have done this for years and never had any response and so they think it's funny and they think they can like get away with it without having to talk to that person or you know whatever so in whatever little way you Mm -hmm. can push back against it i hope that's the kind of stuff that goes away that's where my patience kind of lapses you're not helping anyone here Mm -hmm. yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. definitely it's uh it's a long process that we should all participate in (laughs) yeah and i hope you write something about it because there's a gap in stuff online yeah yeah you're right important topic that you're you're not the only one you are Amongst nearly two million mm-hmm. <laughs> that might have similar experiences. <laughs> okay, well, on that note, then we will round the corner to our ending segment, which is called Zack Zack Zack. Mm-hmm. So it's a rapid fire question round. I'm going to ask you three questions. You answer right away without thinking it, oh, no. overthinking it. They're not that hard. Don't worry. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. You lived in Florida when you worked in Disney, right? So yes. what is your favorite park in Disney? Animal Kingdom. What is, in your opinion, the best grocery store in Germany? Edeka or Eve? I'm a little gal myself. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. And an Aldi. I like the cheap stuff. Mm. Went to the Aldi, got wine and chocolate for under three euros. But sometimes, like, for some things they don't have. Yeah, right? that's true. You still need to go to a bigger supermarket. But what I'm getting sick of is Kaufland. <laughs> and number three, what is the best hot beverage to warm you up after a cold winter day? Tea. Cool, good. 
There it is. Those were yours, XXX. Oh, see, cool. they weren't too yeah. bad. No. no. <laughs> okay, you great. scared me. In a <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on and telling us about your experience here in Germany. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah. It's really fun. And there you have it. If you want to give April a follow, you can find her on Instagram. I've linked to that in the show notes. And while you're at it, you can go ahead and follow us too. We're on Instagram at The Expat Cast. And we're also on Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest, also at The Expat Cast. This episode especially, like I said, we got one person's perspective today. I would love to get more. So if this is something that speaks to you, go ahead and reach out to me. I would love to get more people's perspective on all sorts of things that have to do with expat lives, especially those things that I'm not personally experiencing. I want to thank, as always, Gordon Eisen my partner in life and in podcasting and Amy Lungi Art for the logo. I want to thank Sidehug for the theme music. They're on Instagram too, at a hug from the side. And while you're on your phone typing away, go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes. It's super quick, it's super easy, and it's super helpful. We'll be back in your feeds next week with the man behind one of the most helpful resources for an expat moving to Germany to talk about how to muddle your way through Gesetzdeutsch or legal German as you're navigating your paperwork. Till then, have a great week. And if you're heading out to Christmas markets, have a great time and drink all the glue, right? Eat all the street waffles. It's the best.